Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. To the book of Revelations, chapter 14, verse 6, and uh, we're going to read that in just a moment. I'd like to welcome out all of our guests this morning. How many of you are here for the first, second, or third time this morning? Just lift your hand up. Praise God. I see one, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Welcome to Victory World Outreach. We just, it's uh, such a blessing to have you here with us this morning. Amen. You're going to get the truth and nothing but the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. And all the time, praise God. Hallelujah. The Everlasting Gospel is the title of my message I'd like to minister on this morning. How many know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Amen. He doesn't change. Nothing about him changes. Amen. And matter of fact, you could, have been, you could have been dead in yourself at one time, but today you're alive in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And that gospel, maybe you didn't do it when you were younger, but now you can get up on the rooftop and shout it out. Amen. Because God wants to use every one of us in his place today. Amen. Revelations chapter 14, verse 6, it says, Then I saw another angel. I'm on the right page, okay? I just want to make sure. I, they told me I had something wrong this morning, but it is right. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Hallelujah. Amen? Every major religion. You know, pastor preached a message last week, and and it was, uh, it was a powerful message. And he began to talk about different religions in the world today that we, that we deal with. And, the, the, you know, the things that we see that are out there in this world. You go to a, a restaurant, you see the Jehovah's Witnesses. Or you go to a county building, you see the Jehovah's Witnesses. But, you know, there, there's a few more things. I just want to add just a little bit to that. Nothing to add to his sermon, but I just want to expound just a moment on this. But every major religion relies on performance for salvation. Amen. Hinduism preaches a fourfold path to salvation. Buddhism, it leads its followers down an eightfold path to salvation. The salvation offered by Islam, it rests on five pillars. In Catholicism, salvation is gained through fulfilling five sacraments. Then you have the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses. They preach a gospel of works focusing on a false Christ. You know, I got news for you this morning. What I want to say to you today is that, you know, <coughs> all of these different types of religions, we are grateful to know today that we are not a religion this morning. Amen? We're not, uh, we're not the, 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 the frozen chosen. We're not the, the, the refrigerated uh, uh, whatever you want to call them. But we are God's people because we've surrendered to Him. Amen? We've given our life to Him. But we are something different because we want to be Christ-like. How many want to be Christ-like in this place? Amen? Listen, we strive for righteousness, not so that we can be holier than thou or self-righteous, but so that we can be Christ-like. Hallelujah. So one thing we know is we serve a God that is real. Amen? But the, the, the everlasting gospel is centers around a person. The everlasting gospel that I'm talking about this morning, it talks about Jesus Christ, and it's Jesus Christ, salvation through Jesus Christ. Amen? The Bible says something very interesting in, in John chapter 14, verse 6. We've heard this scripture many times. That Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Then we go to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. 
The Apostle Peter, here, Peter says here, he says, There is none other name whereby we must be saved. You know, in, in, in the particular time when Peter was talking, he wasn't just talking to uh, regular people. He was talking to leaders. He was talking to men of headship and, and, and people that should have known better in life. But he says, there is none other name where we must be saved. There's no other thing in life that we can do to be saved. There's nothing that we can do to gain our salvation other than trusting and turning to Jesus Christ. Amen? The everlasting gospel is a message of hope that it has to be preached in our world today. It's something that's very important. To, and, and, and I got news for you. It's not going to be preached by Jesus today because Jesus, uh, he's finished his work. It's not going to be preached by angels today because, and you know, we're grateful for the angels, uh, that, that, though they do help us and protect us, but, but it's going to be done by man. By you and I today, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. How many would love to, to, that, that to be speaking about you, amen? Who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns, hallelujah. See, God wants us to be this. He wants us to, to, to be able to stand on a, on a mountaintop, no, regardless if we're at the bottom or at the top. He wants us to be able to rejoice and say, God is good. God is awesome. God has done this for me. He saved me. He broke every chain of sin in my life and put me on the right path. Amen? That's what God's desire is for every single one of us in this place today. Matthew 22, verse 9. It says, Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find... Oh, invite to the wedding. Glory to God. Listen, that means, uh, you know, you and I, we get an attitude when we start inviting people to our weddings. Isn't that right? You say, well, no, these people aren't worthy to come to my wedding. No, they didn't, uh, they didn't give me a birthday present 12 years ago. I'm not inviting them. Well, she's, you know, you used to like her, so I'm not going to let you invite her to the wedding. You know, we always find some way to bicker or complain or, 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 or cause a problem. Do you ever notice that in weddings there's more problems than anywhere else in the world? Weddings are the toughest thing in the world because you got one problem after the next. You got the mother-in-law. I know there's no mother-in-laws here, so I'm just saying the mother-in-law's got something to say. <laughs> Amen? I like Jeff. Jeff's over here. He's watching me clean. He's not laughing. He's not sad. He's, he's just staring. He's just helping me out here. I'm, I'm feeding off of Jeff, okay? Because I know y'all, your mother-in-laws give you troubles at times. Amen? Me and Jeff, we got good mother-in-laws. Amen? Hallelujah. But it's amazing how at the wedding, there's always a problem. But Jesus is saying here, he's saying, invite them all to the wedding. Glory to God. Because he says, I'm coming back from my church. I'm coming back for my bride. Glory to God. Amen. But how can he come back for his bride? He's not just going to come back for you and I, but he's going to he wants to come back for every single person that you and I have ever told about Jesus because they accepted him as their Lord and their Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, it says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. How many know that that no one that was found is you and I included, amen? He said, I found no one. Wow, that's pretty powerful right there, amen? 
That makes me want to change something that I can't change anymore. Amen. I can't go back into the past and fix anything that I've already done. But it is very interesting that I can do something about it today, man, if I'm willing to do that. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, it says, The harvest, he said, then he said to his people, his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That means very few people are willing to go out there and do it, amen? If you don't believe it, just, uh, you know, just go on a Thursday night outreach. Yeah, there's the faithful ones that are there, but, but not everyone wants to be there. I remember one of the first outreaches I went to on a Thursday night here that they were doing. I, I saw a young man. I don't see him here this morning, but I, I, said, I said, who is this guy? He's, he's out here handing out tracts and flyers. He's out passing out tracts all over time. He said, oh, they, he's been to the church two or three times, but, man, he's at every one of these outreaches. And I was like, praise God, man, this guy has a heart for souls. Amen? He's out there ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, we all know the scripture. It says, "Come into." It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It didn't say choose the, where you'd like to go. It says go into all the world. That means wherever those good, the good Lord takes those, uh, those feet of yours, preach the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not complicate the, the gospel. Amen? Too many times we try to complicate what God is doing in, in somebody's life, and truly, it's a simple, simple gospel. Amen? Acts chapter 1-8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me to the end of the earth. Listen, you can be one of these types of people that's shy. You can be one of these types of people that, uh, you know, you have a hard time talking to people. But God will give you the strength. He'll encourage you and he'll help you and get to a point in your life where you can be uh, a witness for Jesus Christ. Amen? And the truth of the matter is there's people all around us that are, that are suffering. And I found a story about witnessing or the lack of it. The Times reporter of New Philadelphia, Ohio, reported in September 1985 a celebration of a New Orleans municipal pool. The party around the pool was held to celebrate the first summer in memory without a drowning at the New Orleans uh, city pool. In honor of the occasion, 200 people gathered, including 100 certified lifeguards. As the party was breaking up and the four lifeguards on duty began to clear the pool, they found a fully dressed body in the deep end. They tried to revive Jerome Moody, 31, but it was too late. He had drowned, surrounded by lifeguards celebrating their successful season. You know, we say what a tragedy, tra tragedy that is. But it's just as tragic when people are surrounded by churches and Christians and still die and go to hell without a gospel witness. You know, the truth of the matter is, is we are here celebrating our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today. We are here to worship Him. We are here to, to come together in this place in, in unity and worship our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. But the truth of the matter is there's something more, something more powerful beyond who we are in this place that is going on. God is touching lives. He's penetrating the heart of people. He's dealing with the hearts. And, 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 and there's people in your life that, that you can reach out to that I could never even, even have the opportunity to meet. But you could go into that place and say, you know, I'll give you an example. Jose, he cuts hair. And all day long, there's people that come in that place and, and, and they need minister to. Now, I understand in a workplace, you can't just, you know, hey, get saved or go to hell. You, you can't do that. I was telling a story this morning in the service that uh, my son, Braden, I get a phone call from a client. And uh, she says, 
uh, sir, I need to tell you something that's happened here at our home today with one of your sons. And I'm thinking, oh, great, what did he break? What did he do? And she says, well, your son began to tell us about his religion and really got my son, uh, my, my husband, she said, I, you got my husband upset because my husband didn't want to hear about it. I don't know if they were Buddhists or what they were, but uh, I'm not here to talk about a religion today, but I'm here to tell you that my son opened his mouth and began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. He began to tell them how God could help them and save them and set them free, and, and they have to turn away from their wicked ways. Amen? Isn't that what the Bible says? And he began to share this with these people, and they were offended that he opened his mouth in their house. I said, ma'am, I don't have a problem with that. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad that he, that he opened and shared his faith with you. That's wonderful. She says, no, we have a problem with it. And I, I just said, well, you might have a problem with it, ma'am, but you're going to get it twice now because I'm going to get you again. <laughs> amen. Because if you're offended by the gospel, then you've got a problem. Amen. Because now, now you might be saying, well, I believe in God. I, I, I know who Jesus is. I know what he did for me, but I'm just not ready to get saved. But, you know, your time is coming. We just hope that you get an opportunity to, to, to get that opportunity. Because some of us don't get the opportunity, well, some people don't get the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ in their life. You get on your deathbed, and I'm telling you what, it's between you and God, amen? And this is a serious business. We don't understand it all the time. We think, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I went to church today, and everything is good, it's wonderful. But it's not about us just coming to church and receiving God's word, but it's about us coming to church, getting fed, so that we can go back out into the world and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody who is hurting and at their lowest point in their life, amen? I found a quote. It says, in the midst of a generation screaming for answers, Christians are stuttering. What is the everlasting gospel? Number one, the everlasting gospel, it is a message of hope. Amen? I said it's a message of hope. The Bible says in Titus 2.3, it says this. It says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what our hope is today, man. Looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ to bring us out. How many know that we live in a wicked generation, amen? How many know that we are living in a time where people are making their own decisions, where that cell phone, I call it that one-eyed devil, is making decisions for us uh, that we do not need it to make a decision for, amen? We need to trust in the Lord. We need to understand uh, this morning that God is trying to do something, looking for the blessed hope. And Paul, in the Bible, calls this hope an anchor of the, soul, of the soul. Amen? The anchor of the soul. Number two, it's a demonstration of God's love. How many know that God is love? Amen? You know, there's another part of God's love that we don't understand, and that's, that's God's judgment. How many know when you discipline your child, it doesn't always feel good to discipline them because it hurts to discipline? But it's still with love. Amen? Do you understand that? And when God, uh, he, he brings discipline and love to us, but also, you know, the whole world wants to know God as a God of love. And how can he do that if, 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 if he's a God of love? And how can my, my loved ones die? And how could this happen? And, and this and this and this if he is a God of love? I'm going to tell you something, because God's love at times is like the discipline that we get from our family members, from our parents, that sometimes doesn't feel like love, but it is love. Amen? John chapter 3. 3, verse 17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. So we're not here today just to bring condemnation to our life, but we're here today to help you understand exactly what this scripture says, that God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Amen? He didn't come in here just to, you know, as Jesus did, he brought correction to his people and, and condemned the things that need to be condemned, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. Through his testimony, through his example, through the things that he went through in life. Amen? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, still yet sinners, while you were a sinner, while I was a sinner, Christ died for you and I both. Isn't that powerful how no matter what's going on in our life, all the troubles, all the trials and tribulations that we go through in life, that God cares, he cares so much for us. He loved us so much that he forgave us of our sin, even as we were still sinners. Even as we were still suffering, and sometimes it takes a man or a woman to suffer in life to be able to turn to God. Amen. How many know, how many can be honest and say you were in a tough time when you turned to God? Amen. It's tough times. Where you know you're down in the mud, you're, you're down there, you know, you're like the pigs running back to the, to the, to the, to the slop. You're running in there, man. You've you got all kinds of problems going on in your life. And you turn to Jesus, uh, and that's when everything just begins to turn. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do we know what witnessing really is? Sometimes we think we know what witnessing is, but let me give you the answer to what witnessing is. It is the demonstration of love. It's the demonstration of the love of God being poured through someone. That's what witnessing is. Allowing, it's a demonstration of the love of God being poured through you, through me, through all of us as we begin to minister to people. Listen, it doesn't have to be a theological statement that you make to somebody in a restaurant. It doesn't have to be a, a family member that you, you, you know, you, it's, it's great to get the word of God out. It's good to have it there. But there's going to be times when you don't have the word of God in your hand. I, don't, I wasn't fortunate enough to be able to memorize this entire Bible, amen? I know there are some people in the world that can do that, but let me tell you something. It's more than just what we've memorized in the Bible, but it's the Bible living in us and who we are in God. Letting God speak through us, letting God, uh, uh, being, let, letting His Spirit be poured through us, amen, so that we can be an instrument so that people can be saved, hallelujah. What is the everlasting gospel? It's a compelling message. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 39, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Praise God. You know, there's, that's a, a powerful scripture. You know, it's a compelling message. If you have your Bibles there, just follow the screen. We're going to read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. It says, Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. I'm paraphrasing that scripture right there, amen. But you have it, write it down, take notes of it. In other words, people, shame on me if I'm not out there preaching the gospel, amen? Especially me as a pastor, I need to be out there just preaching the gospel all the time. There's only two times. One is when I'm eating. I don't, I don't talk a whole lot when I'm eating, amen? Praise God. 
There's a couple things in the world that shut a pastor up, and eating is one of them. Praise God. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. We need to be preaching the gospel all the time. And I know without a doubt that this church is a soul-winning church, amen. We're a sending church. Uh, we're a ministering church. I'll tell you what, the needs are met in this church. Uh, I see families that struggle, families that go through hard times. Uh, and God is a provider. He is faithful to us, amen. How many can say amen that God has been a provider? God is faithful to your needs, amen. God knows what we're going through, what, what our battles are in life. He says, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Number four, it's a dynamic message. It's dynamic. How many know what dynamite means? It means it's an explosion, amen? It's dynamic. It, something happens there. The Bible says in Acts 3, 6, and 7, it says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I, I, I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, he says. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Hallelujah. You know, I got news for you this morning. If we would just call upon the name of the Lord in times of need, God would help us. And I'm not talking about the emergency needs. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I always say this, you know, people say, well, pastor, I can't pay my rent. But, you know, look in the backseat of the car, count up them hamburger wrappers from McDonald's, and, and, and there's half the rent right there. Amen. Let that sit in for just a moment. Amen. We have to make decisions. And God says, you know what? You have got to be responsible with what God has given you. Amen. And one of the things we need to be responsible is, is, is what I'm ministering on this morning is that we have to be faithful, uh, a faithful man and woman of God to share the gospel with everybody around us. It's an obligation that God has put upon our lives to minister His gospel. Amen? The next one is number five. It's a powerful message. Romans 1, 16 and 17. I'll put it on the screen there, but I'm going to paraphrase this. This is, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. Amen? It's God that's going to do the work. In other words, you know, your job is to minister. Your job is to open your mouth. Your job is to say something. You know, I, I, listen, it, I, don't, I know without a doubt there's not one person in this place that no one this week has said a word to you. Nobody here. I'll guarantee you someone at the cash register at the grocery store. Well, they don't have cash registers anymore. But I guarantee that machine talked to you. Cash or check? It said something to you, man. I don't even know what they say anymore, but I, somebody said something to you. Half of you got pulled over by the police this week. Amen? Half of you, you went, you went somewhere and someone spoke to you. But the truth of the matter is, is that God wants us to be the one to initiate uh, His love, you know, because He can't do it anymore. God's left us here on this earth to be His mouth and His hands and His feet. Glory to God. There's a lot of people in this world who are suffering, amen? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. If you'll open your mouth, God will take over. I said, if you'll open your mouth, God will take over. I was intimidated one night. I was pastoring we, my family. We were pastoring in Phoenix, Arizona. We, my, one of the guys in our church, he, he, he said, Pastor, he said, I want to start going to the gym with you on Wednesday nights, and I want to help you and encourage you and get you on track where you need to be. And as you can see, it didn't work. Amen. I still is a little bit chunky, but that's okay. God's helping me. Amen. But he says, I want to get you out there working out. So I said, okay, I'll go with you. We went down. We, started, we went into this gym, and we walked in there, and all I could see in the back of, of the room was the big glass wall of bas a basketball court. 
And I said, man, I'm just, I want to go in there. He says, Pastor, go ahead. He said, I'll work out. You go in there and you play basketball and uh, no worries. And as I'm getting closer and closer to that back wall, I'm walking back there and, and, and I'm, I'm watching this big clown scene go off in, inside this basketball court. Anybody that knows me, you know I'm very competitive. I'm a big mouth on the court. I'm a big mouth everywhere I go. It's okay. It's who I am. God made me this way, man. As long as we can adjust it and just, you know, still serve God, I think we're going to be all right. And I walk back there, and I see this guy. He's about six foot eight, probably, probably 300 pounds. He's a big man. I mean, this guy's fast. He's up and down the court. He's grabbing dudes and throwing them on the floor. And, I mean, he's just one of those Brutuses, man. He's out there just hurting everybody. He's cussing like a sailor. And as I get to the door and I'm standing there, I, I, something comes on me and says, you know what, you're not going in there. First of all, the Holy Spirit knows who I am. He's protecting me from going in there and making a fool of myself because me and this guy was probably going to go rounds because that's just who I am. I, I, that's just what I do. And so I, I get up to that door, and I'm standing there, and I'm fighting. I'm, I'm going back, and I'm going forward, and I'm going back, and I'm like, man, I want to go in there and play ball. I want to go in and shut this dude up. I just want to go in there. And I get a check in my spirit, and I stopped. And all of a sudden, a big fight breaks out in there. My buddy comes over, and he says, no, pastor, he says, don't go in there. He says, that guy's crazy, man. Everybody, everybody's afraid of this dude. He's mean to everybody. He's hard, hard with everybody. And I said, obviously, I already see what's happening here. This guy's in trouble, man. Everybody runs off the court, and everybody's mad. This guy comes out of the basketball court screaming, cussing at everybody, mad. Everybody hates his guts until the next time they play because he's good. They want him on his team. Well, now the Holy Spirit is tugging at me to go over and say something to this guy. And it's not, let's go outside. It's a salvation gospel message that God has put in my spirit. He says, I didn't save you to be silent. He says, I didn't put that, that, that fire in you so that you can just sit back and watch this happen. It doesn't mean you got to go out and make a fool of yourself and stand in front of a gunfight and say, ah, here I am. It doesn't work that way. Because we're not Superman. I understand all that. God can protect me. God can keep me. God can help me. God can give me strength. He can, he can uh, you know, no poison I drink can harm me. I get all that. I, it's in the Bible. I understand it. But there's also something called stupidity. And as I'm standing there, this man's walking towards me, and I'm just thinking, Lord, what do I say? What am I going to do? And I walked up to this guy and says, man, you're just having a bad day, aren't you? He looked at me. He says, who are you? I says, I'm pastor so-and-so, and I just walked up to this man. I stood there, and I grabbed and reached out and put my hand in his. I mean, the guy's hand was like three of mine. He just looked at me like I'm some chump. And I said, do you know that Jesus loves you? I just began to, I began to minister to him. I said, listen, I said, God wants to save you, man. He wants to set you free. He said, who sent you? I said, nobody sent me. I said, I'm here. The, the Lord led me here to, to talk to you tonight. I was coming in to play basketball, but I saw you in there acting a fool. I saw you in there acting crazy. He says, man, he says, can you do me a favor? He says, can you talk to my girl? He says, she don't believe I'm here at the gym. Can you just let her know I'm at the gym and I'm here with you? <laughs> I said, put her on the phone. I get on the phone. I says, ma'am, how you doing? She says, I, I'm doing good. Who are you? I said, I'm Pastor Mario, Victory World Outreach of Phoenix down the street here. I'm sitting here talking to your boyfriend. He's at the gym here. We're play he was playing basketball, but now I'm sharing the gospel. She said, take your time. She said, get him good. He's a good old sinner, amen? But I'll tell you what, the Lord really ministered to me that day. And you know what? Yes, I'm going to be real and honest with you. As crazy as I am, I was scared to death. I was scared to death. Because this man was like Goliath, roaring through that, through that land. 
This man was an animal who had no fear in him. This man didn't care who respected him or who did not respect him. As many men in the Bible we read that, that just made fools of themselves like, like, like Saul when he was before Paul. Where he killed the Christians and, and he was just wicked and evil. But you know what? God sent a little man into that place to share a simple gospel of Jesus Christ. I did not get theological with this man. I could not do it. I, there was no way to, to, I mean, I couldn't even in the moment, I couldn't even bring up a scripture. I was intimidated. I was standing there scared to death, like shaking in my boots. Like, man, I got to talk to this man. I, you know, he's a big man. And I just seen him throw five or six guys on the floor. And I'm not talking little men. These are basketball players usually big, amen. They're, they're big dudes in there playing. But because God put in my heart, first of all, he stopped me from going in. But second of all, he led that man right to me. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with me being willing. It had everything to do with, with me being in the right place at the right time and allowing God to work through me. But God gave me the message to speak to this man. And you know, I prayed a sinner's prayer with that man right there in that gym in front of everybody in that place. He prayed that sinner's prayer with me. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know where he's at today. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. Amen. You see, I don't know where he is today. I don't know where this man is today, but I do know one thing, that I did what God called me to do. I was obedient to the word of God. Now listen, God's not going to put you in an intimidating situation like that every single day of your life. I promise you there's very simple, subtle ways to walk up to a co-worker and just say, you know what, I, I just want to give you something today. You know, I shared the story this morning about uh, uh, Jake, Jake, right? about Jake. Jake, we had dinner last night together, and, and uh, he was asking for some of these tracks, and we got into the discussion, well, the dates, the address, and all that's wrong because he's working in another city. But we were talking about that. We're saying, you know what? There's a gospel message on this. It's the message that does the work. It's not necessarily the church. Of course, we don't want them going just to any church because, you know, they're not going to get fed. They're not going to grow spiritually in, in certain places. Amen. But, but it's, it's sharing a simple gospel message and, and allowing God to do what he wants to do in that person's life. Amen. So it's a very powerful, powerful message. Acts 1.8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That means when you're shaking at the knees and you're scared to death. That means the Holy Ghost will show up. That means he'll walk in there and he'll give you strength and power when you didn't think you had it. Amen? Number six is, it's a life-changing message. You see, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, it's not just a ritual. It's, just, it's not just a routine. And, and this morning, this is a very simple gospel message because we need to understand today that serving God is a very simple thing. You see, many times we're trying to get, uh, you know, fight our sin and, and, and get it out of our life. And we're, we're battling the sin and we're causing more and more problems with battle of, of the sin. Instead of just giving our lives to Jesus and letting him save us and, and, and being faithful in the things of God and be fruitful and doing what we know we're supposed to do and let God change the sin that's in our life. Amen. You see, I don't know about you, but I can't change any sin in my life. All I can do is trust God to help me. I don't have the strength to overcome anything my, in my own power. I don't have that strength. I don't have, I don't have the, the magical touch where I just say, okay, I'm just going to turn away from sin today. No, sin roars itself up in front of us. Sin, sin the, the Bible says the devil is like a, he's like a roaring lion. 
He wants to devour you. He wants to come in and chew you up. That means that he's not going to tell you when he's coming. He's going to come after you when, in, in the subtle ways. He's going to come after your finances. He's going to come against your marriage on the way to church. Amen? He's going to come against your health when, when you think everything is good. How many's ever gotten a raise at work and then the next day something else happens? He's like, Lord, I'll take my, my car not being wrecked over a raise that I just got because my raise is paying for my car now. But see, we can't have that attitude. We have to know that God's got everything under control. God's at work in our situation, amen? You see, the early church, it was a soul-winning church. It, you know, it, it, it was driven and passionate. It was single-minded. But the last-day church is an excuse-driven church. Amen? You see, we have the same mandate, the same Jesus, the same message, the same hell-bent people looking for hope in their lives. But we're making excuses all day long. There's the story of a Christian who, played, who prayed a prayer every single morning. Lord, he said, if you want me to witness to somebody, please give me a sign to show me who it is. One day he found himself on a nearby empty bus when a big burly man sat next to him. The timid believer anxiously waited for his stop so that he could exit the bus. But before he could get off, this big burly guy next to him, he burst into tears and began to weep. This big but contrite man then cried out with a loud voice. He said, I am a lost sinner and I need the Lord. Won't somebody tell me about Jesus or how to be saved? And he turned to this Christian, he pleaded, can you show me how to be saved? You see, the believer immediately bowed his head and he prayed. And he asked the question, Lord, is this a sign? Is this a sign, Lord? Let me tell you something, God will do the miraculous in the moment where he needs to step in. If we'll just be obedient to his word, amen. Listen, you, you ask God to lead somebody, I pray every single day, God, put me in the path of somebody who needs Jesus today. I don't care if it's going to scare me to death. Lord, just put me in the path. Amen. Listen, I found a quote. The gospel is not something that we come to church to hear. It is something we go from the church to tell. Amen. That's what the gospel is. We take it from this place and we go into our cities and highways and byways and we tell others about Jesus. Why should you and I witness today? I'll tell you why. Number one, if we don't, who's going to do it? If you don't witness, who's going to do it? Number two, the love of God should compel us to witness. His love should compel us, should encourage us to go out and witness to somebody. And number three, the fear of God should motivate us. That was another thing I shared this morning about Jake. He said it was the fear of God that caused me to be saved. I respected the fear of God so much that it, it, it came to a point in my day where it was so powerful that I just needed, I knew, I knew, I knew that I needed God in my life. He wasn't the most wicked sin in the world. But you know what? It came to a day when he knew that he needed Jesus. That he couldn't do this anymore on his own. And you and I need to understand that today. That it's not to, so much about what we do, but it's allowing God to do what he does in our lives. Amen? 1 Corinthians 9.16, it says, For I, it says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe in me if I do not preach the gospel. You see, you and I need to make a difference in our world today. We need to make a big difference. 
An older gentleman was walking along the seashore one day in the hot sun. And as he walked, he was sweating profusely and seemed to be in a hurry. Every few steps, he would bend over, pick up a, a, a starfish from the hot, burning sands and cast it back into the cool waves. One after another, after another, after another. He would pick the starfish up and cast them into the water. Some would come back to the hot sand as the waves washed them back in, while most would eventually go into the deeper waters of safety. And a young man came along after having watched this for a while and told the old man, he said, you are wasting your time and your energy. There are thousands of starfish on the sand. What difference can you possibly make? The old man seemed to ignore this younger man. He simply bent over, picked up another starfish, and he threw it in the water. And as he, quiet, as he quickly moved on to the next one, the old man turned to the younger man. He said, well, it sure made a difference for that one, didn't it? It'll sure make a difference for that one, won't it? You know what? You might feel like your words are empty. You might feel like you've said all that you can say. I got news for you. When you talk about the things of God, it's not supposed to feel good when there's sin in our life. I told you guys a story, I believe, last week or the week before when I preached. I told you a story about a funeral that I did, and I was preaching to all the young people, the gangsters. They, they let out of uh, out of jail. They let them out of jail to come to this funeral. And there was about 20 of my cousins sitting in the front two or three rows of, of that funeral home. And I told this story a few weeks ago or last week, whatever it was, but I was preaching hard to those boys and loving on those boys. Gangstered out. I'm talking, these boys were the roughest of the roughest. And they're all my family members and I'm preaching to them and I'm pouring it on them. But you want to know what happened? I, I said that a week ago or two weeks ago, however long it was. And this week I got a phone call from my cousin one of the adult cousins in my family. He actually moved to Phoenix to live there because he wanted to come to our church right before God had us to move here. It was pretty amazing how here he, he finally wants to get serious about the things of God, moves to Phoenix, and, and then all of a sudden we move away, but he's still there. But he calls me all the time. We talk almost every single day. And he calls me the other day and he says, he said, you know what, cousin? He said, I just want to say thank you for something that's really been on my heart lately. And I said, what's that? He says, when you did that funeral for my dad, it was his dad, his dad's funeral. He said, when you did that funeral for my dad, just the way you ministered to those, all of our young cousins up there on those front rows. It was exactly word for word what, what, what I was saying just a week ago about how I poured it on these kids. And I mean, I let them have it and, and it didn't feel good. They were, they were puff chested and they were looking at me with evil eyes. And I picked them up off of those chairs and wrapped my arms around them and cried in their arms. But you know what it did? It made an impact, not because I wanted it to be noticed or because I wanted the spotlight, but it made an impact in somebody's life. So what I'm trying to tell you this morning is no matter what you're doing, it's making an impact in somebody's life. Amen? One of the shyest guys in the world is Joe, Joe, uh, Susan and Joe. Joe is, 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 is one of these guys that he just won't really talk to you out in the world. I mean, you go to work, you go do your thing. He doesn't talk to a whole lot of people outside. But here's the thing, Joe, his workers at work, his co-workers are noticing a different change in him. Something's different about this guy. This guy's, this guy's uh, you know, he's not the same old Joe he used to be. Now he's, he's changing a little bit. You know, God will take your little change that you have in your life and he'll expand it. He'll magnify it so that somebody sees it or hears it. 
You'll make an impact in somebody's life if you just open your mouth. Matter of fact, if you just make a few changes in your life, God will begin to do an amazing work in your life. Amen? If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed as our musicians make their way forward this morning. It's so important for you and I today. It's important for us to understand, of course, we have to have our lives right with the Lord. That's number one. God wants us to be pure and right with Him. He wants us to call upon His name, ask Him for forgiveness. We read the scriptures this morning where there's no other way to Jesus but through, but through Him. And it's so important that we understand that this morning. So important to understand that without Jesus Christ, there's no hope for any of us. But with God, there's hope in all circumstances, in all situations. Listen, God opens doors and He closes doors for a reason in our lives. And I believe that, that if we would just trust Him and follow Him and listen to His small, subtle voice, that He would speak into our lives. And this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit is here. It's at work. The Lord is moving upon our lives and He's speaking and He's encouraging each and every one of us to not just to witness but to be saved and to give our life to Jesus Christ. And before I go any further this morning, I just want you to have this opportunity that I was given years ago. When my mama was a drug addict, when she was bound by sin, when this same cousin I just shared the story about would tell us stories about how the police would drop us off, me and my older brother, at their house. Because we had been out in the streets for days at a time, weeks at a time. Eating out of dumpsters and restaurant tables. I'm not ashamed to tell you that today because it's what God had to do in us to change us. He said, your mama was so bad and your daddy was so bad that the police would pick them up and not even frisk them. Just take them right to jail. They had such a great relationship with them. So what I'm talking about today, I've been to the bottom. I understand what it means to be bound by sin. I've seen it all my life. I've seen it growing up as a child in my own family's life. As a pastor, I get to see it now in other people's lives. I told my son the other day, I said, the greatest thing I love to do is to counsel people because I get to see what not to do in life. When I counsel a marriage that's in trouble, I say, Lord, help me, God, not to have to go through this. Not only give me wisdom to minister to the family that's hurting, Lord, but, but Lord, please don't allow me, don't let me go through this, God. I want to be a better husband. And I take this message very seriously because I believe that much of us have taken for granted the gift of God that we have today. That gift that keeps on giving. That we should never hesitate to tell somebody about Jesus. Oh, I'm so worried about offending them. No, no, no. Braden was not offended. He was not, he was not worried about offending these people when he went into their house. And matter of fact, she asked him to leave and never come back again. And that's okay with me because we were able to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I wish it didn't have to be that way. I wish people would just accept him. But our job is to open our mouth. Our job is to get our own life right with God. All over this place this morning, you're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. If that's you today, I want you to just lift your hand up. Put it up as high as you can and put it right back down. I want to pray for you this morning. Just put it up. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let God, let God change your life today. But I know without a doubt there's a tugging of, of the soul this morning. I know that God is tugging at your soul this morning. Please don't hesitate. Don't hold back. Just lift your hand up before God this, this morning. and Say, I need prayer this morning. Pray for me, Pastor. Praise God, I see these hands. How many more? Praise God. I, I felt it in my spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. How many more? You say, I'm not right with the Lord. I need Jesus today. Just put it up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet if we would. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there's no greater thing in the world but when someone gives their life to Jesus, surrenders, turns away from their sin. By acknowledging Him as their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we're turning away from our sin. It doesn't mean we're going to walk out of this place perfect because that's never going to be possible. But it does mean that we say, God, I, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. How many can admit that you cannot do it alone? Amen. I don't care how big or bad you are. There's lots of bad people in this world. I don't mean bad as in bad people. I mean like tough guys. There's a lot of tough ladies in this place too. My mom could whoop any, any man in this place, I guarantee it. She's crazy. Well, she used to be. She got saved. And those of you that know her, you know the stories are true. I'm not lying. I know they sound bad. My wife used to question me. She says, are you, you're lying. I said, no, I'm not lying. She said, you need to be careful. You're telling these stories from a pulpit. I said, go and ask her yourself. They're true. But no matter how big or bad we are, God will soften our hearts. God will put something in you that's real. He'll take that stony heart out and he'll put that new heart of love in. And you'll be like, wow, how could this have ever happened to me? But it's only because of him. If you lifted your hand this morning, I want to pray for you. If you would, just do one more thing. Come out here. I want to pray for you. Come on, buddy. Yes. Come on. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. I want some men to come down here and help me out. Praise God. Come on over here so I can walk on this here a little bit. Let me tell you something. There's hope. There's hope. God can do this, man. I promise you that. There's no doubt in my mind. You walk, you look through this whole place. I, I mean, I was looking at these musicians beforehand, and, and I'm thinking, my goodness, what God has done. Even my kids raised in church, the battles that are real. Our, our family out here, your family that's sitting out here in this church, we've all been through hard times. But you know what we have in common is that we turn to God. That we said in a moment like this where we said, God, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I don't care. You know, if we were out in the street and somebody got tough with us, we get tough. It's, it's, it's the life we live. Some of us have had to do it not even knowing it. But you know what? When you come to God, when you come to a place like this, 
You say, Lord, I surrender. And he begins to change you. I see a call of God in your life, young man. I see God doing something in you. I saw it when you first walked in this place tonight, this morning. And when you raised your hand, I felt that, I just felt it release right then. I knew, I knew God was doing something in you. Do you believe God can change you today? Do you believe God can change you? That, that no matter what you're going through right now, God can do it different. Amen. Let's pray. Let's all pray together as a family, as a church. And listen, don't just pray for them. Let's pray for our own salvation. Let's pray for ourselves. Repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my heart. Come into my life. Make yourself real to me, Lord. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. All and every sin that is in my life today, I give it to you right now. I surrender it to you right now. Father, I ask you to move in my life. I ask you, Lord, to be with me, to give me strength, to give me power, to give me authority, to live for you. Be with me, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I will serve you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Stay right here. They're going to talk to you for just a moment and pray with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to sing in just a moment. We're going to worship the Lord with singing unto the Lord. But I want to challenge you this morning. You're here today. You say, I haven't been the greatest witness. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.